Hey everybody, this is Secretly Timid talking about Mad Men. And I'm Nan, and I'm here with Brian. Hello. And we're going to be talking about this week's episode, which is called... The um, Milk and Honey Route. There you go. Um, and this is the for... second to last episode. It is. Only one more. Um, and I was thinking, uh, whenever I watched the episode, I was like, oh my gosh, how crazy, because on our last episode, which hasn't actually been posted on the internet yet, right. um, you had said, like, I wonder if there's any chance that Pete and Trudy are going to get back together, um, Boom. or something like that, and oh my gosh, it's like magic! It is. Um, yeah, I mean, they would kind of been... It just seemed like there was an opening there for, for them. Um, Trudy had, you know, she was not as angry at him as she had been, and it seemed like he was, you know, he just didn't have anything going on. You know, his work was just it was leaving him really unsatisfied, and. It just looked like he was probably, he needed something. He has, I mean, he had that girlfriend in L.A., but since he's been back from L.A., he hasn't had any kind of romantic, you know, pairing. Um, right. So it just, it just seemed like it was something that was a possibility. And so he gets a, uh, a job at Learjet because a good old duck. <laughs> <laughs> him and Trudy too it's like earlier in the season a couple times Pete has kind of said like what if what if like the thing you thought was going to be a new beginning turns out to be nothing or like what if you know there's nothing for you the second time around or something you know along that kind of thinking and so um I think that you know he probably thought coming out of that marriage that he was going to do fine you know and, and there's even been at some point in um, the series, when Dawn and you know, there's another breakup happening. I think it's Dawn and Betty or something like that. And there's and you know somebody says, well, he'll be married again within a year or something like that. Right. You know, um, and so you would assume the same thing for Pete, but it hasn't really worked out that way for him. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they get back together in the most like Pete and Trudy. <laughs> way you know yeah um he almost like gives her the sales pitch and she and she goes for it because that's sort of like how their relationship works right um well and it was it was a really good scene uh, for her too because um you know he he's basically wants to wipe the slate clean and she's she says you know i I envy you that you could be sentimental because like, I see things how they actually were. And so she's, right. she's going into this blind. Um, I think she expects him to change. And it seems like, I mean, I'm hopeful for him. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we're going to be disappointed in the next episode. So I, I, I think we can be optimistic that they live happily ever after. Even and if- it's not like she ever was blind because there was that... When she went out of town and the thing happened with the au pair, when she came back into town, Pete basically told her something happened. Right. And he said, I don't ever go out of town without me again. She said, I won't. And that scene, you know, it, 
it was almost like she left him when the cheating became obvious to their neighbors. Well, that was the thing. It was on their street. He cheated with somebody their neighbor. And so, you know, it's like, it's, I don't even know. She has, I think, generally had a pretty honest assessment of Pete, even when she was with him and with him all the way. Um, and, and Trudy is this interesting mix of like no nonsense, but also kind of old school in that sense that, you know, um, Mary serves a a certain purpose for Mm -hmm. her, you know, and putting up with a certain level of Pete's bullshit falls under, um, something that you expect out of a marriage. Right. Um, but, you know, I think she's mostly just concerned about, like, uh, because Mary serves a certain purpose, she's very concerned about how it looks, you know, to other people. Um, and that was sort of the transgression that really mattered, was when the drama showed up, was right on their street, right on their doorstep. Everybody right. could see it, you know, middle of the night. So, um, and her hair looks amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Trudy Seventy's hair. I love it. Okay. Um, so yeah, Doug Phillips Doug got Phillips. Pete a job Which that he didn't even want. He didn't want, <laughs> and he was lying to Pete the whole time about what he was doing there. The whole and thing he, was just a ruse to get you know Pete to go at this job interview. Right. And it, it was and, hard to even tell like how much of it was a lie, like. You know, was he really down on his luck and, you know, trying to get Pete to pity him? Because uh, he really needed to, you know, to get him through the winter. He needed this sale or this uh, placing to get him through the winter, he said. But, I mean, who even knows if that was true? Yeah, although he's clearly drinking. Yeah. And, like, he, uh, there's, like, previous years episodes where... Jeff is all slick and cool right until the minute he gets desperate and then he like flips. Yeah. And I think I feel like we saw that a couple times in this episode, like the desperate the desperate side of Duck. Um and I guess it could have been a put on, but it's hard with him drinking, it's it's it seems more of a than reason to me that that part might be at least somewhat true. Yeah. Um, considering that he's obviously drinking. Um and so, and those kinds of things tend to go hand in hand um, for alcoholics. Yeah. Um, well, at least he didn't kick out any dogs. Or something. Oh my God, there's a scene about that. Oh, that was one of the saddest moments in television history for me. I, it broke my heart. Oh, that dog. Just looking at that window. Why are you doing this to me? Dog, dog, don't do it, dog. <laughs> it was so sad. <laughs> Um, I like to imagine that dog was shortly found by a very rich socialite woman in Manhattan, and they lived happily ever after together. Yes. So, yeah, sure believe that. Um, oh my God, let's talk about Betty. Okay, gonna get right to it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Screwed on. Let's go to bed. <laughs> so, um, oh my God, Betty's gonna die, and it's funny. <laughs> Because, like, well, it's not funny, obviously, but um, during, when we were recording the last episode, I almost said, I feel like somebody has to die. Yeah. Some, somebody's going to die, and um, it's going to be Peggy. I mean, not Peggy. It's going to be Peggy. Yeah. Well, and she, um, you know, she, I guess she had that cancer scare a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it does, I mean, there's been all this 
foreshadowing about death. There's there's always this air of death that kind of hangs on the show. And it's been, a lot of it's been centered around Dawn. And so, you know, the conclusion that people came to was that Dawn was going to die. But now it seems like what it was really leading up to was Betty was going to die. And uh, she's going to fall out a window, clearly. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, She has um, lung cancer, and it spread to her, you know, bones and all that, metastasized. um, So there's no... And it's... But the interesting thing about it is the way that they handle it, because the doctor won't tell her what is going on and insists that she have her husband come. And then we see the doctor telling the husband what she has and we just see Betty's face in a profile like as she's over basically overhearing her diagnosis as yeah. it's delivered to her husband. Yeah, it's the, um, the, the blurry background. And uh which, you know, it's like so many things are happening in that moment. We're finding out like that Betty's dying. We're also watching her be treated as his property, basically. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and you know, so it's just a really interesting and emotional scene, um, I think, on a lot of levels. Um, and I totally cried. I cried later when, so Betty, Henry goes to Sally's school and tells Sally what's happening because Betty doesn't want any treatment. And Betty, and he thinks that Sally will be able to convince Betty to take treatment. Right. And, um... So Sally goes home and Betty gives her a note with instructions on what to do when she's dead. And Sally reads it. And that's when I cried yeah. was when Betty said, like, you've always, I've always worried about you. She's always marched to the beat of your own drummer. But I know now, like, that's great. You're going to do great. And um, you're great. And I just was like, oh, that, yeah, really, um, those moments where, you know, because in those teenage years, you really feel like, you know, Sally and her mom have tension, and Sally doesn't feel like her mom understands her, and and in this, you know, and now we see Betty does understand her on some level, and is proud of her, which is something that Sally obviously probably hasn't felt, Um, and that's just a typical disconnect between uh, mothers and their, you know, teenage children. Um, So it was a really sweet moment, and it totally made me cry. Yeah, and the scene when Henry goes to tell Sally was really touching, too. Mm-hmm. He starts starts talking to Sally, and she covers her ears. She doesn't want to hear it. And then he, you know, after he tells her and tries to tell her why he's telling her, and then they're both kind of just sitting there, and he tells her it's okay to cry, and then he breaks down and starts crying. Right. And that's not really a side of Henry that we've seen. Um, that sort of vulnerability because he's always you know he he can do anything he makes a phone call and things get taken care of but this time he can't and I found myself thinking about the boys in that like as he was crying and, and all this because especially Jean was so young when Betty and Henry got together mm-hmm. um, and so Bobby and Jean have mostly probably no, they know Don's their dad, but they probably think of their day-in, day-out father as being Henry and right. have a special bond to him. But when Betty's gone, like, they will likely go with, I would assume, Don. You know, so I just right. found myself in that moment thinking about how, like, 
he's not just losing his wife, he's sort of, his whole family is sort of like possibly going to splinter right. in this way that's going to just completely change um, everything about his life and, and their lives. And um, so it's a very complicated situation um, all around. Yeah. So, um, and Betty has this great line, you know, at the end where she's off to class again, which is where they found out, you know, she basically, they found the cancer because she was having trouble climbing the stairs and then she fell down and broke her rib and that was how they found the cancer. And so she's got her books and she's going back to school and he's mm-hmm. like, why are you doing that? And she says, why was I ever doing it? Right. Yeah. And then she just walks up and she's got this smile on her face. I mean, she seems to be handling death like really, she says, you know, I just know when to give up. And I, you know, I know... Know when to move on. Yeah. And uh, that's the speech that she gives to Sally. And, um, and uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it sort of is a really great um, handling of all the Mad Men themes. You know, um, why, why, why are we doing anything? I heard an interview with Matthew Weiner. He always does one every season with Terry Gross on Fresh Air. And he was talking about, like, way back in even season one, like, trying to figure out why Don was staying at Sterling Cooper. Because he didn't need the money and he didn't need, you know, he didn't seem to care about um, prestige and all this stuff. So, like, trying to figure out why was he staying. And that seems to be central to Mad Men. It's like, why do we do any of this shit? You know, like, and so... Is this all there is? Yeah. And so there it was, like, right there um, in this great moment. Uh, where Betty's off to class again, even though she's dying and she's going to die before she's finished. She's going back to class because today, right now, she's alive and she has to do something, you know? Yeah, there was, uh, I read some comment on some article today uh, that was speculating that, you know, was there a, a jump in time at the end of the episode where Betty is already dead and that's why Sally was reading the note because she wasn't supposed to read it till after Betty died. I know that that's going to screw up your head, but. <laughs> well, I don't, I guess I don't, I guess I just figure that, because it shows her reading it and it's juxtaposed against Betty going back to school and like walking up the stairs. Right. So I just, you know, but um, I love people and they're madmen, their theories of madmen. Um, somebody should like, I mean, I'm going to say this, and somebody else is going to do it and make a bajillion dollars, but at some point, I'm sure somebody will publish, like, all the theories of Mad Men in one nice collectible <laughs> book or something. Um, <laughs> so, yep, Betty's dying. Um, so let's and we were kind of wondering how they were going to wrap up, you know, so quickly, and that's one way. <laughs> that is true. Get Just... better cancer. <laughs> Yeah, next episode, everyone gets cancer, and then they all just, yeah. Um, all right, and so, uh, Don. Don. Don's continuing. Well, he's not even continuing west. He was kind of going south now, because he uh, ends up in Oklahoma. Yes. And we hear uh, Oki from Muskogee. Although that was a dream, wasn't it? That was the song that yes. was his dream. So he dreams that he gets pulled over by a cop, and the cop tells him that um, oh, something like he's they've been looking for him or yeah something like that. Basically, his, his past is catching up with him is what the dream, what he's dreaming, and 
Then he, so he's at, his car breaks down as he gets into Oklahoma and he has to stay at this hotel and he meets this, um, guy, this, um, guy who works at the hotel and gets him to buy him alcohol and he says he's kind of got a racket. That's what Don, Don says he's got a racket. And, uh, so he get, then he gets invited to the, the, um, BFA, uh, Don does, and he spills his beans <laughs> about, uh, what happened to him in Korea for the first time. He's, he's not talked about it before then. Yeah, and it was, uh, so I'll just, um, at the very end of the episode, we see Don uh, give his car to this kid, um, and, like, get, you know, and he's told this, this kid who, um, you know, uh, stole some money from the VFW party. Don got blamed for it, but Don confronts the kid and basically tells him, like, you don't want to do this. You don't want to have to leave this town. Um, and, and change your name and, and be someone else for the rest yeah, of your life. It's not what you think it is. Um, and so, and then at the end of the episode, we see Don, like, take this kid, he's supposedly going to take this kid to the bus stop, but instead he just gives the kid his car and sits out of the bus stop, but, mm-hmm. you know, and catch the bus to God only knows where. And it's some, and I was like, holy shit. I wonder if Don is going to be the one who has a happy ending. Like, this is what Don wanted from the very beginning, was, like, out of advertising, out of, you know, the fake life that he had been living. Um, And I don't know if this is necessary. I mean, I guess in a strict sense, it's not necessarily out, because he's not necessarily going to be able to go back to being Dick Whitman, and you can't go home again. But he's, he's out, of all these trappings of the life that he had built for himself. He's not married anymore to anybody. He's, um, he's, you know, sitting on a bus stop, just waiting for a bus to go anywhere. And he's basically, uh, really at this point where he could just totally reinvent his whole life. Um, and except, be free of all those things. Except Betty's dying. Well, yeah, he doesn't know that yet. No, but he's got kids. That's true. And I was interested to see that he was just talking to Sally on the phone at the beginning of the episode like this was all no big deal. Right. I mean, she knew where he was. Yeah. And it just seemed like no big deal to her and no big deal to him. He was just talking to her about school and about her field hockey equipment and how money, you know, money had gone on trees kind of thing. and. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was interesting to see that that was how they were dealing with what was going on because Don had just walked out of his job, you know. And um, when we left the last episode, I mean, that just feels like this really dramatic thing that could possibly, I mean, for most of us, if you just got up and walked out of your job like that and disappeared, it wouldn't really be, like, the best thing in the world for your life, you know. Well, not only that, but, you know, as Duck asked uh, Pete, did, did Don really leave $2 million? Right, yeah. So, um, so it's interesting that they're just like, we, we open up and we see him, you know, here on this, in this hotel room somewhere, just talking to Sally, like, oh, it's our usual Sunday night conversation. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm about to call your brothers, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, 
it's just interesting. Um, but yeah. Uh, but there was a sort of like moment at the end of the episode where I was like, holy shit, is Bonnie the one that has this happy ending? Um, but it can't be that simple. And, you know, um, yeah, if Benny dies, then he's going to have to take those kids. Yeah. Um, and I think he loves his children. No, I think I, some I, of the, yeah, absolutely. The best moments we've ever seen out of Don are with his kids. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in there about the redemptive power of, of becoming a parent. Um, I think that runs through the show, but uh, for him at least. Um, Just take him to California. There you go. We can all be happy in California. And then they can all talk about a little thing together with money that they just brought <laughs> from a right? Isn't that how that works? Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> the Cooper clan. <laughs> Those crazy Coopers. Um. But, oh, man, this, you know, one of the things that happened in this episode that this show always does really well is, like, these creepy strangers. Like, so he goes to this party at the DFW, and then he, you know, they get he gets really drunk, and we see him the next morning passed out in bed, and the men from the DFW party bust in and accuse him of stealing this money. Because right. um, the thing had been a fundraiser for one of the guys in town who burned down his kitchen, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's just this like this like almost horror movie level sinisterness to this yeah, interaction. And, and they're all still drunk, and you can, you can see the sweat coming off of all of them, and and yeah, they hit him with a phone book, and it's just yeah, it's really odd. You have no sense of how like far they're gonna take it, right? right? Like any minute this could turn into the movie saw, like they could just be like totally, you know, torturing him um, right. to try to get this money back. And what they ultimately do is take his car keys and say, "You can have your car back when we get the money back." Yeah. Um, and that's when we see him have this uh, interaction with the kid, where he's like, "You know, you you don't want to do this." Um, yeah, he was pretty menacing in that scene too. Don was. Yeah. Was, you know, he throws the kid on the bed and says, I could kill you right now. <laughs> no one, <laughs> basically, no one would know. I could kill you and no one would know. Um, but, you know, I think we see in that scene that Don um, is experiencing regret over choices that he's made mm-hmm. in his life. Um, and it's funny because it's like, taking on the persona of Don Draper was supposed to be, was that was supposed to be the thing that freed him, right? From his terrible upbringing and right. um, allow him to escape all of his roots and pretend like that person had died and become this new person that was supposed to be better. And what we find out now is that it's not better. You know, you can't really um, escape yourself and maybe you don't really want to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and Don is, I don't even know if we know yet what Don is, he's searching for something, but we don't know necessarily specifically what that is. I don't think he knows specifically what that is. It's just, it's that thing that we're all doing, searching for something, who we are, authenticity, like what it means to be me and to be alive. But what he does know is that it's not any of the stuff that he's already experienced or had. Um, well, and I think part of it is this this sort of longing that he's had 
when, since he was a kid, you know, because the the name of this, this episode is a reference to a book about hobos, and the you know the episode in season one where he meets the hobo and the hobo you know is kind of talking to him, and I think that sort of put a plant in Don's mind about you know this freedom that this guy had, and that's that freedom that that. Don has never felt he had, and I think part of that is what maybe what he's looking for. Right. So. So, and he's pretty much a hobo now. He's got yeah. a. He's got a sack full of clothes and <laughs> no car. Being a hobo looks fun. <laughs> All I can think is I think he's gonna sit on that bus stop without any sunscreen. <laughs> Uh, he's gonna get cancer. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. But, but no, no Peggy. No, no Joe. Peggy. No Joe. No Roger. No, no Stan. No. Uh, yeah, there were. It was really just one of the ones like Don, um, Pete, and uh, Betty, and that was pretty much you know Betty and Sally. And, um, the clan, but yeah, that was pretty much, um, it, this episode. Yeah, so, I mean, I can't imagine they wouldn't have Joan on, but maybe her story's over. Well, I mean, Pete made reference to her cashing in, um, uh, and he's, and he's got Avon. If they don't show her ever again, die. (laughs) And, you know, is that shot? Shot of Peggy walking to the office. Is that the last we see of Peggy? I mean, it's possible, you know. I mean, as Don gets further and further away from these people, it's possible that the story it's, just becomes about it, him. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. The next episode could be all Don. Yeah, it's Cause, very possible. Because they've wrapped up. I mean, they could leave all of the other stories where they are. There's not really any more need for any development with any of them. Oh. Yeah, we know what happened to Joan. We know what happened... Pretty much with Peggy, we now we know what happened with Pete. It could just be Don. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so do you think? Do you think that the, we will? That he will know by the end of the episode that Betty's dying. I don't know. Or they you leave know, that off off screen. Um. The only reason I think that. I would cling towards him knowing. It's just because we've seen him talking to Sally mm-hmm. um, in this episode. So clearly they're staying in contact even while he's on the road. So he hasn't completely kept ties. Right. And, it would, you know, so obviously if he talks to her, he's going to know. I can't imagine why she wouldn't tell no, him. No, yeah, I, I agree. But I, I guess I'm, I'm thinking, depending on the timing of it. Right, yeah. Yeah. It may be before he talks to her again. It's true. I mean, he may just not have another conversation with her before the end of the show. Yeah. And it's possible. I mean, it would kind of, it would be, it would seem on their footing. Um, it would not be, I think, unusual for the show and the tone of it for him to be off on the road searching for himself while Betty's dying and he's just not checking in, right? right. Um, yeah. And it also, you know, that adds another sort of um, complication to things if the well now we have to figure out what he's going to do with his kids 
and, and I just don't know if they're going to get into all of that on the show. Oh, I doubt that they would. Yeah, I, I'm sure. If anything, like if if anything, I would assume that we might see him find out, but we won't see it actually happen or something yeah, like that. that. that you know be, what I mean? Yeah. Because you're right; it would be too many things um, left. You know. Uh, sort of hanging. I mean, I'm sure shit will be hanging. Um, but uh, I think that that would probably be a little bit too much. Um, but it's possible that we'll see him find out. Yeah. Um, but maybe not. I mean, who knows? Because at this point, he basically seems to be untethered, with the exception of that phone call with Sally from everybody. Um, and it really felt to me like when they had their interaction last episode, in the kitchen before he hit the road, that that was like the last time we we're going to see the two of them together. Yeah. Um, and that really did feel final, uh, to me. Yeah. So I, mean, I would, him and Betty. Yes. Yeah. When we saw him and Betty in the kitchen, um, that felt like an end for them for me. So I would not be surprised. I mean, I hate to guess what they're going to do. Cause I know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's impossible to guess. <laughs> it's like, so, so impossible. Um, end up making insane theories about. I mean, you airplanes. know, I didn't. I thought Don was going to just disappear from the last two episodes, and he's like the very first face we see in this last episode. <laughs> so what do I fucking know? I don't fucking know anything. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Did you see uh, Matthew Weiner was on Conan? Oh no, I didn't see and it. They uh, he asked him about you know some of the, the crazy theories and. He mentions the D.B. Cooper theory, and he's like, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't want to confirm or deny one way or another because I want everybody to watch the show, but, um, you know, and then he says, like, you know, people were talking about that maybe there's going to be a plane crash, and it's like, no, Lionsgate would never pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, he shows, a, he shows a, you know, since you've been a big supporter of the show, I'm going to go ahead and show you a clip of the, the ending of the show. And so he, he rolls the clip, and it's the scene where Don walks up to the window and is touching the window and the McKeon offices. And then they just show this watermelon fall from the top of the building and splat <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I was reading, like, a Time article about the D.B. Cooper, or, like, the end of Mad Men or something, and the D.B. Cooper thing came up, and Matthew Weiner said, like, because one of the things that people have said is that Don Draper looks like the sketch of D.B. Cooper, which I don't think he looks like him at yeah. all. But Matthew Weiner said, I think all suspect sketches of white suspects look like Don Draper. Yeah, he said the same thing. He said, he said all police sketches of white men without mustaches look like John <laughs> So that was pretty... Uh, Pretty awesome and a pretty good sign, I think, that this D.B. Cooper thing is not going to happen. Oh. So. Just don't know how anybody can think that they would cheapen it like that. Yeah, it's dumb. I just really want to hurt that person <laughs> physically. I don't think that that's a good <laughs> I should say that on the thing. Oh, I'm looking at Betty's picture right now. And I, <laughs> I feel like, though, I really, I'm like so related to Betty in this episode. So I've thought, you know, me, I'm crazy and I think about my own death a lot. And I've thought about, like, 
if my father and I had terminal cancer like that, what my reaction would be. And I definitely have always thought, like, I wouldn't want to treat it, you know? Because, like, mm-hmm. there's only so much stuff. Like, you know, at some point, they're dating and say, like, you can have as much of a year as a year. And she's like, what would that year be like? Right, you know? exactly. Um, and so, um, and I also feel like maybe on some level, and maybe this is just me projecting, but, like, Benny's acceptance of this is, like, I mean, all along, it's possible she's had some of the, of the death wish, you know? Yeah. Um, she's always been kind of a, a down person, um, uh, kind of sad and not. I mean, really... the happiest we've seen her is when she's um, asking Henry if she if he wants her to hold down Sally's friend so he can rape her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so you know, it's it, she's never really seemed happy. In, in this world, if happy is a kind of thing, but you know what I mean. Like she's just never. She's always kind of sad and wistful, and yeah. um, and so it's possible that she's relieved, right? It's possible that yeah. she's very possible that she's a little bit relieved that this is happening. Um, because well, she never... her her mom died um, fairly young too. Mm-hmm. Her mom died like ten years ago um, when Betty was in her late 20s so Betty dying young is maybe she sort of expected it right so sweet Betty you will be missed by me and maybe two other people (laughs) in the world but um anyway so um alright I think that's it I feel like this is another episode of Secret Lieutenant talking about Kendall <laughs> in the can. And we've got one episode left. Um, so join us again next week to find out what we think of the big series. <laughs> well, that, well, we do. We have one more episode to do of this. And then we do the big reunion <laughs> show, right? Always do. I wonder if we can get any of Mad Men stars to come be on our show and talk to us about things. Things. Maybe Ginsburg. <laughs> I think Stan is from Dallas. Is that right? Yeah, I think that actor is from Dallas. I mean, I don't think he he doesn't live here anymore, but I think he like is originally from here. So you know, um, yeah, if we got Stan on the show, we'd have so many listeners because <laughs> there are so many people who are like hot for Stan. So I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna work on getting Stan. You, you do that. <laughs> Um, oh, and uh, the guy that plays Harry actually follows the Game Night guys because he's like a big game fan. Like he loves really? games, yeah. So, um, so maybe we get him. Small world to be on the show, and it'll be like a cavalcade of stars <laughs> um, from Mad Men on Secretly Timid talking about Mad Men. Um, the best show with the catchiest title in podcast history. Um, That's us. <laughs> oh my god! Only one more episode. I'm So my whole goal is to stay alive for at least one more week. <laughs> I think you can do it. Maybe I don't know. I have to drive to Austin tomorrow. That can be rather treacherous. So. <laughs> 
Alright, we should wrap it up. Alright. Alright, bye guys. We will talk to you all again next week. Bye!